At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Assembly Required, Building a Case for Church, where we'll see what the Psalms teach us about a life of faith lived in community. But I don't know about you, but this season uh, has been crazy. (laughs) Uh, I know there's a ton of different words uh, to describe this season, uh, whether it be crazy, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of emotional highs and emotional lows, uh, maybe a lot of frustrations, and maybe even some joys. Uh, You know, when we think about this season, um, I think a lot of times we, we want to plan everything out. You know, I'm a planner. Um, I like to plan things uh, from events for kids to students. I like to be detailed. I like to have a schedule. I like to know exactly what we need, um, all of those things. So when you're not able to plan, you kind of get uh, a little frazzled. Um, And so for a long time, uh, with this shift that we had done, um, it was hard for me to to figure out what to do. Um, How do you continue to do ministry with high school and middle schoolers and kids um, and not being able to plan anything? Um, But you know what? It's one of those things we find out, how do we respond in different seasons? In an ever-changing season, in a season of emotional highs and emotional lows, uh, the question is, how do you respond? How do you respond? Um, there's, a, there's a joke um, in my house with myself and my wife um, that happens when I get into like a slump or when I'm emotionally drained or things don't work out the way that I think they should. I turn into this character right here. <laughs> Eeyore. Uh, how many of you are familiar with Eeyore? Yes, Eeyore is a beloved character, a resident of the Hundred Acre Wood with his friend Pooh and Tigger and Piglet. But one thing that we know about Eeyore is, if you can tell by his face, he's very gloomy. He's very gloomy. He's, very, uh, he's, he's so much of a, a pessimist. Um, and the thing that sets Eeyore apart is, is really not just the things that he says, but really how he says them. Uh, there are some things that he says that, that kind of give a glimpse of who this character is. He says things like, after all, what are birthdays? Here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> and I think one of my favorite ones, and I think it speaks specifically to this season we're in, is this. Days, weeks, months, who knows? Yeah, we've maybe felt that. How many days or how many weeks or how many months are there left of this? How, when can we get back to somewhat of normal? You know, and, and that's my response. When I'm emotionally drained, when I'm physically drained, when, when things don't often go my way, when I'm going through a difficult season, I tend to turn into Eeyore. And my wife lovingly tells me that. She's like, don't be an Eeyore. Uh, but, but that's the thing we do. We, when we respond to this season, we respond in different ways. So how have you responded in this season? Has your faith been tested? 
Have you found ways to even have joy, even when things aren't going the way that you want them to do? Or, or there's constant up and downs? Here's a big question. How has your relationship with God been? Has it grown in the middle of this season? Or has it slowly gone to the wayside? Have you been getting out of a rhythm with God? And we're continuing on this series called Assembly Required, and, and we're looking at passages in Scripture in the book of Psalms, which is really a songbook, a hymn book of ancient Israel. You know, Psalms are amazing times of, of our interaction with God, of the psalmist praising God. But one of the things about Psalms is Psalms is not meant just to be for our own personal use. It's actually to be used corporately. It's a hymn. It's a songbook. It's used for corporate worship. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this idea of ever-present praise. And so we're going to be in the, in the Psalm 145. Psalm 145. So if you have your Bible or electronic device, turn there to Psalm 145. And we're going to learn that through every season, every day, God is to be praised. That every season, every day, God is to be praised. So I have a, a quick video just to give us an idea of what this psalm is saying. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all of your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. verses of this incredible psalm just talk about the majesty and the glory and the praise of God. So in this psalm of praise, David helps us to understand a couple of things. It tells us that it, what happens when we praise God. It shows us what happens when we praise God, why God is to be praised in every season, and how we ought to praise God, how we ought to worship God. Because worship is meant not only individually, but also corporately. And we're going to see what it means to worship together. 
And in this amazing song uh, that is praise to God that, that David writes, we're going to jump in and answer this question, what happens when we praise God? And we notice in the first few verses of this psalm, it says this, I will extol you, my God and my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. We see that David declares this praise. He declares praise to God because of his relationship with God. Do you catch that? He says, I stole you my God and King. David had this personal relationship with God. He understood who God was. He understood who he was as God and as King. David knew God in a personal way. He knew God and was comforted by God when he was fleeing to the caves when Saul was attempting to murder him. He was comforted by God. He understood God's mercy and his grace when he failed, as we saw last week. He knew God and had this personal relationship with God, and that caused him to worship. Because when we recognize who God is, our response is worship. This worship, like David says, is to be consistent. It's to do something every day. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. Worship goes way beyond our circumstances. No matter even the darkest times, no matter the, different, the difficult seasons, David still worshiped God and we can do the same. Now, however you respond, whether you respond like I do in like Eeyore or, or even um, you, you, you pull away maybe from people, we pull away from God, our response to who God is is through a relationship with him is we need to know who he is and that centers our focus. The amazing thing about worship and praising God is that it does, it centers our focus. It takes us from focusing on all of the other things in the world, all the other situations, all the other problems, and it focuses and turns our eyes to God and his greatness. It turns it to his amazing kindness and his goodness. It takes away the attention that we often put on ourselves and our problems and turns them to God. That's what worship does. Worship also gives us a proper perspective. It gives us this perspective of recognizing that God is faithful in our lives, that no matter what goes on, that he is faithful, that we have seen him come through in the past, that we've seen him come through in the lives of our own lives, but also in the lives of others. We see that even throughout all of scripture, how God is faithful to Abraham. He's faithful to Isaac. He's faithful to Jacob. He's faithful to David. He's faithful to Peter. He's faithful to Paul. We see these things in scripture that God is faithful. When we look at the, God's bigness, and it truly shows how small our worries are. 
and really how God is in control of all things. So it changes our perspective. It helps us to focus not on our problems, but to the one that is able to solve our problems. Worship gives us a heavenly perspective. It gives us this heavenly perspective instead of a worldly one that only causes trouble. When we focus on the world, when we focus on the problems of the world, when we focus on the things that we want to control, it only leads to trouble. But when we focus on God, when we focus on what he is wanting to do in and through us, this is when all those things go by the wayside. Worship also gives us hope. Worship gives us hope, even in the different ways God supplies. He, he shows in this psalm different ways that God supplies and satisfies us. You know, and I remember in, in, this, in the book of Acts, you know, if Paul and Silas are, are doing God's work, they're going and spreading the message of God and of Jesus, this, the Messiah, and they come across this girl and they heal this oppressed little girl, but the response is that they were beaten and tortured by an angry crowd and then put into jail. Now, that's not the most ideal situation. I don't think Paul and Silas were, were going into this wanting to, for that to happen, but they respond in such an interesting way. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 32, we read this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembled with fear and fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who, served, and who, all who were in his house. What we see about this is even in the darkest of times for Paul and Silas as they were sitting in jail, God, they worshiped God. They praised God. They didn't say, oh, look at me. Why, why is this happening to me? They prayed and they sang hymns to God. And God did this a miraculous thing of creating this all earthquake to then let them be free. But they, they, I think they knew that God was doing something more than just freeing them. Because through that, this jailer had come to know who Jesus was. It was through this difficult season, this difficult time in Paul and Silas that, that they were able to share about who Jesus was. That's what our praise does. Our praise is to meant to be a beacon of hope to a world that's looking for hope. People are looking for hope in all the wrong places. The only hope that can be found is through our Savior, that is what worship does. It's changing our perspective and it's giving us hope. It's changing our hearts as well. So whatever your circumstances are, whatever perspective you came in with today, 
if we would worship together, if we would lift up our praise, God hears and he responds by moving in us, by changing our perspective, by giving us hope of a new day. And he does that through his spirit. So not only does this psalm help us to understand why God is to be praised, or understand um, how God is to be praised, or, but it also talks about why God is to be praised. Why is God to be praised? And we can praise God in every situation and every day because we recognize who he is. If you read the book of Psalms, if you read Psalms 145, you see different attributes of God. You see that he is the protector. You see that he is just. You see that he's active. You see that he is personal. You see that he is faithful. You see that he is good, gracious, righteous. He satisfies, he's merciful, and he saves. These are amazing things, and these are things that we should praise God for because he's those things. And this is just a small list of the things that this psalm shows us who God is. And at the end of it, in verse 21, David says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. If you have seen his kindness in your life, if you have experienced his grace, then should you have that heart of praise? And maybe there are some other things that, that you would put here. Maybe you've experienced God in different ways in your life during different seasons, and these are the same things that we praise God. We praise God for who he is. But we also see that we can praise God because of who Jesus is. Jesus is the, the greatest worshiper of God. Think about this. In the life and his words and the ministry of Jesus, Jesus trusted God in his plan. Jesus trusted his father with every decision in his life. He trusted him while he was in the desert, in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. He trusted him in every miracle and every healing. He trusted him even in the death of the cross, that this was the plan that God had for him. Jesus' life was this idea of ever-present praise. Everything he did was for God, his Father. And Jesus knew that as his life was worship, as he worshiped God, that he knew this because he knew who God was. Because the thing is, is even when we choose to worship other things, God is the one to be worshiped. And even though David, while he wrote this amazing list of attributes of God, David was an imperfect man. He saw the fact that praising God was important because he, David, was dependent on God for his salvation. And that is one of the main reasons why we should praise God. 
we can have that same salvation. We can have that same forgiveness from the merciful and loving God. We must cry out to him in our sin and turn to praise him, not just with our words, but also with our entire life. But so often do we choose to worship other things. We worship our jobs. We worship our finances. We worship our stability. We worship our politics. We worship our views. We worship our kids. We choose so many things to worship and give our praise to. But really, in reality, we need to be praising God in our lives because those things don't satisfy as God satisfies. And it's only through Christ that we can truly be saved. And that is who we are to worship. And if you've experienced Jesus in this way, if you've been saved by Jesus and seek to follow him, then our worship needs to reflect the praise of heaven. It says in Revelation chapter five, this is a picture of what praise looks like in heaven, what we will be doing when we leave this earth and we are reunited with God, but this is going on right now. He says this, starting in verse 11, then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriad and myriads, and thousands of thousands sang with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. What an amazing picture of praising God looks like. What an amazing aspect that we can see that we are joining not only together as a body of the believers on this earth, but we're joining with brothers and sisters across the country to creatures, to nature, to angels, to those who are with God, that we are praising God together. And how much can we say that we can praise God that way? We need to praise God that way because he is worthy of our praise. And lastly, we see through this psalm is how are we to praise God? How do we praise God? Right in this very first verse and in the second verse, it says this idea of blessing God. It says this idea that we bless God's name. Well, this picture of blessing is typically done with a father and son relationship. The father gives a blessing to the son, and it's usually through words of affirmation, through praise. But then it's also, there's gifts that are given. That's what it means to be blessed, and we see this. And this is why in Ephesians chapter 1, it says this in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
We are able to bless God because our gift was Christ. God blessed us with the life of Christ so that we can be a blessing, so we can in turn bless him. We are able to bless God. We bless God by giving him those gifts. Now, I know that there are some kids in this place, and I need your help. You know, we, we teach the, the gospel icons in kids' ministry, and we have different pictures that go along with the gospel message. So I have this picture, and I want you kids, if you can see it, to tell me what this means. We respond, yes, we respond. And this comes towards the end of the gospel icons because it means that when we know who Jesus is and and we accept his gift of salvation, that we respond. What I love about this icon is the fact that it's hands and it's hands being stretched out to say, this is our gifts, we're giving you this. Our praise is our gift to God. But not only is it singing songs, not only is it, praying, but our worship is much more than that. It's our gift is our prayer. Our gift is our praise. Our gift is the acknowledgement of who God is. Our gift is our time. Our gift is our serving the church and outside the church. Our gift is our money, our energy, our thanksgiving. That is all this aspect of praising and giving worship to God. That's why in Romans chapter 12, it says that we are to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our lives are us blessing God. We praise God by blessing his name, by meditating on who he is. Then it says in verse five in, in Psalm 145, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and your wondrous works, I will meditate I will meditate. What meditating is, is this idea of ponder and reflecting. You know, uh, one, of, uh, one of the things my, my brother and our family, my brother and my family are doing is we're in the midst of purchasing a half a cow. And, and we're going to get all the meat from this half a cow. And, um, you know, and I've never bought a cow. Um, so it'll be fun. Uh, but usually I get, go to the store and get the ground beef and get it already prepared and all that stuff. Well, it, it's going to be. I'm not going to have a cow in my backyard. I don't think I have the room. But with this, of the researching of the cow and all the different things we can have from the cow, uh, it's interesting to know that the cow has four different compartments in their stomach. They have different compartments in the stuff that help digestive. And what, you know, and what it means is the fact that like the cow, when they first initially eat something, they swallow that thing whole and their first compartment digests it a little bit and then it gets sent back up to their mouth. Yeah, it's gross. It, I, yeah, but it's the thing is they do it. They, so they send it back up and then they chew it again and it goes back down into another compartment where it's digested again and it goes through this cycle and eventually, it then goes to the last chamber, which is the abumesum, abumesum, however you say that, uh, where it's completely digested, and all the nutrients then are sent into the bloodstream. Now, you're like, why is he talking about cow and praise? Well, here's the thing. 
What this idea of meditating actually means is chewing the cud. So when a cow is chewing the cud, it's this idea of these digestive aspects of it's constantly being going through. They're going through the cow's stomach and all the compartments, and it's being digested. So what it means is when we meditate on God's word, we're digesting his word. We're constantly um, thinking about it. We're constantly going over and over and over it again. So that every single bit of wisdom, every single bit of truth is then in our hearts and in our minds. And these truths that we meditate on of who God is, isn't just supposed to remain with us. It isn't just the moment, but it's meant for, for others as well. It's meant to be shared with others. That's why worship is so important in our services is we worship corporately to encourage and lift up together. We're to speak of the glory, to tell of his power, to make known the mighty deeds of God. We need to tell our children. We need to tell our grandchildren. We need to tell the next generation about who God is, how incredible he is, how he has provided a way for us, how he has walked us through the darkness through the valleys. My hope, honestly, my hope and my prayer is that when we talk about the year 2020, that we don't talk about the problems and the struggles, but we talk about how the faithfulness of God was in our lives. How we sought to praise God, even in the midst of our season of, of, of doubt, whether in the midst of season of turmoil, that God will hear about the faithfulness that he was to us, to our families, to our church, to our world. That is my hope and that is my prayer. But we also see the fact that David here shifts a little bit. He starts the passage with saying, I will. He starts this idea of, oh, it's a personal prayer. It's a personal plea for me. But then he says, all. It moves from individual to community where our lives are lived as worship to God, that others will see it, that others will hear it and begin seeing themselves. Our worship as the church is to be our witness to the world that needs hope that needs to know that the amazing love and the salvation of Jesus, because God uses praise to advance his plans. And this is why every season, every day, God is to be praised. This is the importance of us worshiping today. This is the importance of living our lives as a way of worship. And as we close, we're gonna have an extended time of worship together. Because how can we not talk about praising God without singing and worshiping together? I encourage you during this time to, to read the words, to meditate on those words that we'll be singing. No matter what you're dealing with in this situation, whether you're dealing it with uh, like your Eeyore or you're struggling to have faith, let's praise God. We're all still here, praise God. We know his son, Praise God. He is one that has saved us. Praise God. We're not alone. Praise God. Let's praise God together. Dear Heavenly Father, you are such an amazing and merciful God. God, we 
come to you and we just pour our hearts out to you. God, as we remind ourselves of how merciful and loving and caring you are. God, I pray for this time as we seek to worship you. That you help us to worship you with everything that we are. And that we can be a witness to the world that needs hope. The world that needs your son. And God, I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today.